Greater Santon and beyond. Get ready for the Santon Times Hour with your host, Alexander. That's right, it's the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM and is always available as a podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. My name's Alexander Leibner. This is edition 93, week 47. And we're well into November 2022. You can email editor at santantimes.co.za. You can connect on social media at Santantimes and visit the website www.santantimes.co.za. As always, you can send your questions, your comments, your feedback to any of those addresses on any of those platforms. You're part of this conversation. You're part of the Santantimes Hour Nation. Thank you for making the time to listen and show your support as you tune in from all around the world the greater parts of South Africa, and of course, Qatar, our fourth biggest audience after the United States and the UK. I'm happy to report that all is well in Santanland. And Vincenzo, you ready for the World Cup? Uh, yeah, look, I do realize Italy isn't playing, so I know it's a bit of a, bit of a sore point. But uh, yeah, listen, I mean, it's uh, only days to go before the World Cup kicks off in Qatar, and I'm going to get on that a little bit later. Well, it's been a spoilt for choice week again. Uh, let's have a look at the week that was. Well, I'm Black Panther out, I must tell you. Uh, <laughs> the movie hit theaters this past weekend. I'm sure it's doing unbelievably well. I managed to make it to the premiere in Johannesburg with over a thousand people attending. And if this sounds glamorous, let me tell you, it's part glamorous and part... Well, it started late. It was unbelievably hot. I mean, the venue, I don't know if it was really designed to be able to handle a thousand people all at the same time. It was it was packed. I mean, the queues went on f- forever. Wakanda forever. And the movie's unbelievably long. So when you start the movie late and it's long, you end up getting out of there past midnight. So if you feel like you missed out, if you had any FOMO, listen, you're probably going to have an, ex- an exceptional time watching it by yourself Book yourself a ticket, take your best mate, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, whoever is your significant other, and go watch it in your own time. It's a great movie, let me tell you. I think they've done a great job with it. There's some amazing female leads, and I don't want to give away too much because I think half the fun is those unexpected surprises, but I think they did an incredible job with continuing the story. And there's a remarkable interface between how real life and fiction interface and how they how they interact with each other but that's all i'm saying and the next night i ended up going to mac cosmetics you know mac the face part is vincenzo you know they do the eyeliners and the brow defining pencils and all of that they also have a wakanda forever range so they're a black panther range so it's been a very black panthery kind of week but uh, nonetheless go watch the movie it's 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 a great watch then the same week kendall and kylie jenner 
Well, they've got a range of fashion that is now available in South Africa uh, through Edgar's. And they had a brunch and a fashion show in Santon uh, to release uh, this collection, which is now going to be the summer collection. And then also early next year, we're going to start seeing the winter collection. They've got uh, gym gear. They've got loungewear. They've got um, swimsuits. It's manufactured all in the Sadak region. Can you believe it? So they actually manufacture it. I think it's a Mauritius. It gets sent to the United States for final sign-off, and then it gets brought back here. So nothing coming out of China, nothing coming out of the Far East. It's uh, manufactured right here in our own backyard, which is quite cool. And uh, yeah, what else? Well, I'm going to be emceeing a full-day conference this coming week, uh, but I'll tell you a little bit more about that next week. Because on this week's Santon Times Hour, we're going to be looking at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar for 2022. There's so much reporting in the media of all the drama off the field. And uh, without taking away from that at all, we're going to be taking a look at some of the other aspects of this event. So with that, coming up in the next hour, with the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 only days away, I connect with our football commentator to discuss the team's predictions and firsts at this year's tournament. Then he's a football social media sensation from the Middle East and has put the new Adidas football to the test. I catch up with him in Doha. Then next, she runs Qatar's leading lifestyle guide and I chat to her about the atmosphere, anxieties and excitement in Qatar ahead of kickoff, so stay tuned for that. And finally, she's an expert on Qatar's culinary heritage, and I'll be catching up with this chef to see what's cooking during the World Cup. All this and more coming up. Your headlines for this week are next. It's the World Cup week, and there's probably no better track to get us going than this. Online. On air. Anywhere. Anytime. This is the Santon Times Hour. Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM with Shakira and Waka Waka. This time for Africa. Remember Philip? Well, he was here about 12 years ago. And uh, yeah, can you believe it's almost 12 years ago that we did our World Cup back in 2010. The year that Qatar was announced as the winning bid to host this year's World Cup. How time has flown. Let's take a look at the headlines for this week. Staying with the World Cup, Bafana Bafana won't be at the World Cup again. Last seen at the World Cup in 2010, uh, the South African national men's football team is not part of the teams that will be at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. However, three South Africans will be there. From the South African Football Association, it's the Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Tulani Nguenya. Then there's a referee, Victor Gomes, and Assistant Referee, Zakele Siwela. And the Football Association had a send-off for these three men at Safa House in Nazareth. And uh, we'll probably be seeing them on the field, on the side of the field, during the World Cup. Then good times at the movies. My Broadband reports that Stuart Kinnikor has exited Business Rescue after receiving $250 million from two investment firms. And to add to this, I attended uh, the recent PWC's Africa Entertainment and Media Outlook uh, for 2022 to 2026, which saw cinema as the top growing media outlet over the coming years. Can you believe it? Cinema. There's this massive run on cinema. I don't know what it is. We try to understand this, but people still love going to the cinema and it looks like it's going to be growing. Lucky for Stu Kinnikor, uh, they're, they're back on the big screen uh, with uh, some big bucks. And uh, I mean, if Black Panther is anything to go by <laughs> this past week, I I'm sure that's the kind of movies they need 
to make sure that the business starts thriving again. And then we have a new beauty queen, Palessa Machikane, a 35-year-old businesswoman from Bryanston. Well, she was crowned Mrs. South Africa 2023. And you remember we spoke to one of the finalists last week, and I thought, well, there's some continuity to wrap up that story. Let's leave it right there with the headlines for this week. There's been plenty of drama off the field, but now our focus shifts to the excitement on the field with Jeff Grundling, our football commentator, right after the break. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. Listening to the Santon Times Hour. As we get things rolling on this Qatar 2022 uh, special conversation, uh, let's have a look at what's happening on the field for the World Cup. And I'm thrilled to be joined by somebody who is very familiar to our audiences who've been listening to us when we started off as a podcast. I'm so thrilled to have him back now that we're also doing uh, radio. And it's uh, our man with the eye on the ball, Jeff Grindling. Jeff, it's good to chat to you again, man. Hey, Alex. Thanks so much for having me back, man. Well, Jeff, we've spoken in the past about uh, sports and specifically also football as well. But uh, this is quite a big one. I mean, the World Cup comes around, what, every four years? And uh, here we are again. And I'm so excited to be going through this uh, with you. And uh, as we kick things off, uh, Jeff, let's have a look at some of the, the groups here. If I look at Group A, we've got Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal and Netherlands. Obviously, the opening game is uh, Qatar versus Ecuador. Qatar, a completely new team. I mean, they've never really been playing soccer or or played in a World Cup before. That's 100% correct, yeah. So that's going to be quite an interesting uh, interesting game. Not really the most high-profile game to kick off a World Cup, but uh, certainly should be interesting to see how the, the home fans react to their home team, yeah. Do, do you have a general sense of how this Qatar team is going to perform? I mean, I know it's been sort of pulled together from from all corners and they've had to literally start from scratch. So I've had a look at them a little bit in the Asian context. They seem to be somewhat of the minnows, even in that what would many consider would be a, a lower-tiered football area or region. So certainly I don't expect them to, to put up much of a fight. I think their, their hope of a win is against Ecuador. I think Senegal and Netherlands in their later games are, are going to dispatch them pretty comfortably. Well, Netherlands is a hot favourite. I mean, I think it's the the best performing World Cup team that has not won a World Cup. And I, I feel like there's going to be one of these World Cups that Netherlands is eventually going to take. Well, they have to. They have to. Alongside Belgium, they are, they're sort of sleeping giants. And they've had these golden eras of phenomenal players um, that just have never got them over the line. So, yeah, certainly we are, we are looking at a good team. Maybe not amongst the absolute favourites for the World Cup, but certainly could put a, a good charge together. So let's have a look at Group B. Uh, it's England, Iran, USA and Wales. And once again, I know England's been so hopeful to win a World Cup, but uh, I don't know, it's, it's also been a while since they last won one. Absolutely, absolutely, Alex. So this is, for me, the most intriguing of the groups, just because of the, of the contest that's going to happen between these teams. Um, and as you know, England is, uh, is my team. And if you had asked me, a year and a half, two years ago, if England were, were favourites for the World Cup, I would have said absolutely 100% yes. Now, due to their Nations League absolute debacle that's been going on, um, the squad selection has, has left a lot to be desired. So yeah, certainly from being a hot favourite, now I think that the England fans, even as ambitious as they are, are going to go in a little bit trepidatious into this World Cup. Well, let's have a look at Group C. We've got Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico and Poland. And uh, Argentina also, once again, a hot favourite uh, to win this. And if I had a quick look here, I see that uh, according to 
FIFA 23, so that's the EA Sports game, uh, they've managed to get the last three World Cup winners correct. And their prediction is that Argentina could win this, uh, this World Cup in Qatar. 100%. And I would agree 100% with FIFA 23. I think they are the out-and-out favorites. Um, they're on a magnificent run of form. They're coming in absolutely steaming. And, uh, and of course, we know that Lionel Messi will be playing probably, I would expect, his last World Cup. And he certainly won't want to, uh, to go out with a whimper. So, yeah, Argentina is where I would put my money. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting group. It should be, should be a reasonably comfortable group for Argentina to come out on top. Well, it would also be quite an interesting moment in history, considering that the uh, last controversial uh, World Cup on the, the level that we're dealing with this year was Argentina. So for Argentina to win the World Cup in Qatar, that would be a moment in history that would come full circle. So let's get to Group D. We've got France in there. And I mean, I think they're also quite a strong contender in that particular group. Absolutely. France are a massive, uh, a massive competition. But as we know, France, France have the, the potential to either do phenomenally well and win the World Cup at a canter, or maybe pull like they did in 2010 and absolutely implode. So it's always skeptical when, uh, when France comes to a big tournament. We never really know what's going to arrive. But certainly player for player, they're one of the strongest teams in the tournament. Well, I might as well mention that uh, Ipsos uh, did some research, the, the Global Research House, and uh, they brought out some predictions and they were saying that Brazil is the country most widely expected to win. But also Germany, Argentina and France are right up there in terms of potentially winning. So uh, no, no surprises there. I mean, these are all strong teams. And talking about Germany, uh, we look at Group E, you've got Spain and Germany in that group. Both very strong teams as well. Group E is going to be somewhat of a little group of death. Japan and Costa Rica are certainly no whipping boys in that group. But Germany and Spain are going to be a, a, massive, a massive test for them. Uh, Germany is an interesting one. I know this is your team, Alex. And, uh, and they're quite interesting. Until the squad was released, I don't think anyone really had Germany down as a major contender. Um, their form has not been phenomenal. We know that in 2018 in the World Cup, they did not perform. So up until the squad release, I think nobody really had them pegged. And since the squad release, I think everybody has said that this Germany team looks phenomenal. And there's a, there's a real opportunity for them to do something quite special. So they would be what I would consider our dark horses for this tournament, yeah. Well, you got that right. Germany is my team, and let's not mention the 2018 World Cups. This was a total disaster. A new uh, coach, a new head uh, looking after the team, Joachim Löw, retiring after many, many years serving the team, and he was just phenomenal in terms of managing that team. New faces, there's a, a bit of old blood in that team, but mostly new t a new team. And, uh, I mean, the Germans completely dissected the last World Cup after that loss, and let's hope they've come back with a much stronger strategy, and let's see how this team performs. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Then Group F, you've mentioned them already. Belgium is in that group, along with Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Clearly, I think Belgium is, has got a good chance of, of coming out of that uh, group quite comfortably. I'd say, I'd say it's going to be relatively comfortable for them. They're a phenomenal team. Um, and I would have said Croatia had a great chance as well of competing after the 2018, obviously, them ending up as runners-up after knocking England out in the semi-final. But certainly the Croatian team is not the same team as we saw at that World Cup. So many of their stars have retired. So many of them have aged an extra four years. So uh, there is certainly not that, uh, that force that we saw in the 2018 World Cup. So I expect Belgium to relatively comfortably come through that group. And I'd like to see Morocco put a challenge in as our, as our African contingent in that group. We'll talk about African contingents. In Group G, we've got Cameroon, who's uh, representing uh, Africa. And they're right up against Brazil. 
Serbia and Switzerland. I mean, I think that the hottest contest there is going to be Brazil, Cameroon. I mean, Switzerland and Serbia, I'm not expecting too much there. I would agree with you 100%. I think Cameroon are going to be uh, arguably our strongest competition when it comes to an African side, maybe alongside Senegal. Um, but I expect that uh, I heard from Samuel Eto'o in a recent interview, obviously a very famous and world-class Cameroonian striker, um, who said that he expects that Cameroon will win the World Cup final against Morocco, which uh, was quite an audacious claim. But certainly it'll be good to see a, an African team, a strong African team, put in a great effort and uh, potentially get to a quarter or even maybe a semi-final. Yeah. And then finally, Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay and uh, the Korean Republic. Uh, Portugal also, alongside Ghana and Uruguay, very strong. Uh, this also seems like a bit of a, a group of death. Well, absolutely. I think, uh, I think Portugal and Uruguay are going to be the, the teams that come out of this group, but certainly Ghana and Korea are going to push them all the way. Um, and interestingly enough, if Portugal and Argentina both go to the top of their group, the first time that Ronaldo and Messi would meet this World Cup will be in the final. So that will be quite interesting, and that will obviously just be the fairy tale of all fairy tales to end those two magnificent careers. If they had to meet at a at a World Cup final in Qatar, that would be that would be something truly special. And observers alike, whether you're a fan of any country, I think that would be something quite special. Well, Jeff, considering South Africa isn't uh, in this World Cup, uh, t- tell me what what's your sort of take on which African team do you think is going to uh, get the furthest? Like I said, I think Cameroon and Senegal are going to be our strongest. But if I had to count which one is going to be the strongest, I'm going to go with our, our African Cup of Nations champions and say that Senegal, led by Sadio Mane, I think they're going to be our hope as far as the African continent goes. Any other observations as you look at the field, uh, Jeff, uh, ahead of this uh, World Cup? I'm looking forward to a good World Cup. This is going to be the last one that runs at 32 teams from 2026 when we go to the US, Canada and Mexico. They're going to increase the teams in the World Cup up to 48. So we're looking at the last of the the last of the history of this World Cup. So it's going to be quite quite interesting, and uh, and this is going to be a World Cup of a lot of firsts. This is going to be the first time that we have a female referee, and there is three amongst the refereeing contingent, which is going to be absolutely phenomenal. This is the first one that's being held in the Middle East in this time period. Normally, it's a winter World Cup that we're going to be hosting, and this is also the first one that's going to be hosted with semi-automated offside technology. So we've seen it introduced in the in the likes of the Premier League, the Bundesliga, so on and so forth. And this is going to be the first World Cup that we have made sure that the offside rule is very strictly enforced. So I'm quite excited for this. Well, Jeff, this should be uh, some interesting soccer on the field. And uh, listen, I thank you for making the time to chat to us. That's Jeff Grundling with our eye on the ball for us uh, for the Santon Times. And uh, I'm sure we're still going to chat further down the line when we get uh, into this World Cup. And uh, maybe we'll do a catch up to see how we are progressing once we get into sort of those final stages. Uh, It's the bottom of the hour. It's time for us to take a quick musical break. And we'll be right back after this. The Santon Times Hour continues. All the way from Abidjan, the Ivorian Magic System featuring Chalky with Magic in the Air, taking us into the second half of the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM in South Africa and available globally via streaming and as a podcast right after we finish up here. My name is Alexander Leipner, and as always, if there's anything that sounded promising during the hour but you didn't manage to get all the details, be sure to visit the show notes on www.santontimes.com. 
www.ifcc.co.za for a breakdown of everything discussed on this week's edition and a little bit more. Also, be sure to check out our social media accounts at Santon Times and feel free to engage. Uh, you can send a tweet, a WhatsApp, a DM, a voice note, whatever works for you. And you can also use the hashtag Santon Times Hour. Our conversation around the Qatar 2022 World Cup continues. I'm connecting with our very first interview in Qatar, and that's Abdullah Abunahia. He's a pro football freestyler, YouTuber, and fan leader for Road to 2022. And uh, Abdullah, I thank you so much for making the time to chat to us on the Santon Times Hour. It must be a pretty crazy time right now in uh, in Qatar. Thank you, thank you so much, Alessandro. It's a pleasure for me to to be in this um, this podcast. Um, uh, everything is happening uh, so fast here at the moment. Actually, uh, it's hard to tell what's going on because everything is going on at the same time. But um, yeah, so we are almost there, almost in the um, in the World Cup, of course. Well, good luck. We uh, in South Africa remember those days. 2010 was our uh, World Cup, and uh, it sort of brings back memories as to what we went through uh, in the build-up to it. But uh, as we were saying just before we connected, uh, you're a much smaller population than we are, and this must be like uh, <laughs> this must be like a, a, a hurricane or a tsunami wave coming in on uh, on a small population like Qatar. Exactly, and that's the, that's the challenge. That's the funny thing, which is like how. Qatar is doing all of these things at the same time, how Qatar is also going to handle all the matches, everything, all the people coming, the media and everything at the same time uh, with a smaller population, with a smaller, let's say, organization, let's say. So everything has to be prepared. Everything has to be like uh, in the exact way that they planned, they planned actually for. So... Qatar is doing its best actually to host not only the World Cup but the best version of the World Cup because it's the first time for us here in the Middle East to host the, the like this kind of event or the biggest which is the biggest event in the world so it's challenging but uh, at the same time it's it's once in a life opportunity maybe uh, for the Arabic here let's say people for the Arab region and especially here for Qatar, it's the smallest, one of the smallest country even in the in this region. Well, you've got a very popular social media profile uh, with your pro football techniques, videos that you've been uploading. Uh, there's always this big comment that uh, the Middle East doesn't have a big football culture. You know, this was also in the build-up to the World Cup. And yet you've gotten into it. and You've got some very impressive moves and some very impressive uh, style when it comes to working a soccer ball. How did you get into this? Thank you. It's all, uh, you know, we have left the whole thing like the football was part of our life since we were like very young kids. My father used to play football a lot as well. He he played in the college uh, team as well. So we have lived the whole thing, the whole experience. And people in the Arab world, most of most of the Arab world countries, they love football at, like insanely. But the problem is that we have this mentality or this culture that football is just a hobby. It's not a business or it's not a life, let's say, that you have to live. It's just a hobby, so you have to play. But I kind of took it to a, a little bit of a different level when it comes to the skills. The freestyle football itself is a little bit different. Uh, so I took it as a hobby at the beginning, but then changed it into a lifestyle, then uh, changed it, of course, into a business. Now I'm doing lots of things, lots of shows, 
lots of uh, content creation for like one of the like lots of the biggest actually brands in the world, especially here in Qatar. Uh, so it's be it became part of who I am uh, now. And to be honest, I was in South Africa in 2010 as well for the World Finals, representing Qatar also in the World Finals of freestyle football. Uh, it used to be yeah, it happened in Cape Town in 2010, just few months before the World Cup, and I've seen everything in South Africa before the World Cup 2010, and it was amazing. One Actually, one of my uh, best experiences uh, I have ever had, and especially in that time, to be before the World Cup, just before the World Cup in 2010. And now, here I'm doing it again, but in, let's say, in the country that I have lived my whole life, and in the country that I was born in. So... The thing is, the same thing is happening, uh, and, but the only thing is that it's my home. And at the same time, I'm fully prepared now uh, doing like full-time YouTube, social media, and also freestyle shows. So it's a once-in-a-life opportunity, as I told you before. It's something overwhelming. The, the region needs these things, needs a big opportunity like this to show the culture, to show what the Arab world is doing, what the Arab world is about, and uh, to show our culture and our, let's say, um, ideas, our how, how how the Arab world is actually thinking, how the Arab world treats the people in, in different, let's say, ethnicity. And uh, and like to see the, the, the closer look on, on the Arab world. So it's a great opportunity for all of us, actually. And I'm uh, happy for Qatar, happy for all the people that are coming as well to the to the World Cup, they will enjoy it. Well, talking about your occupation, I mean, you've, if I'm correct, you had a chance to uh, try out the new Adidas uh, match ball. It's called uh, Al Rihla, if I've got that correct. Really? How does it handle? Does it handle better or differently to some of the other balls that we've had in the past? Well, I have tried it a lot because I'm my content is mostly about the technique, how to shoot the ball in a in a better better way how to pass dribbling and do some, uh, let's say, freestyle skills. So it's it's more about the details. So when it comes to the details, the tiny details, let's say, when I got the, the new Adidas ball, the Arrihla for the World Cup, it felt totally different than any other ball I've ever tried, to be honest. I've tried all of them, things you have never even seen. <laughs> but at the same time, it's great for football. It's great for it's it flies in the air in a beautiful way. It the touch is amazing. It's totally different. So I'm very pleased. Actually, the the two two footballs that I I cannot even let's say discuss about is 2002 the World Cup to the uh, the one with the white one the white with um, that was Japan the, and Korea, the, wasn't it? I think Japan. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the one was in Japan. Uh, that one and the new one, Rehla. These two actually uh, official match ball, they are the best that I have ever tried. And uh, believe me, the whole tournament is going to be crazy with all the preparations, with all the uh, facilities, uh, the new ball, the new stadiums, the new culture, the new people that you're going to meet. So it's totally different than any other, let's say, uh, version of the World Cup. You're also a fan leader for Road to 2022. Now, now, what does that mean? It means that 
when the Supreme Committee wants to tell the audience or the fans about something, about the facilities or about how to get inside, uh, for example, the facilities, how to book your tickets, how to come to Qatar, they pass the information through the fan leaders in order to keep all the people aware of the process itself, uh, to keep them uh, updated with everything happening very fast, any news, anything that is related to the World Cup, they are passing it through the social media and through the fan leaders as well. Because sometimes you cannot uh, access the whole, let's say, uh, fan base for the, for, for the country, for a specific country. So you have to go to the fan leaders who, who knows, let's say, most of the people cheering for the, for the national team or for the specific team or something like this. So they reach for the fan leaders in order to pass the information to the other, let's say, to the whole, to the to a bigger, let's say, uh, uh, audience. I know you've got a lot on your plate, and I really do thank you for making the time uh, at this time of night to uh, to be part of this uh, of this show. And that's uh, Abdullah Abu Nahia, pro football yes, freestyler, YouTuber, and fan leader for Road to Twenty Twenty Two, sitting in Qatar. And listen, we wish you all the best for uh, the week and uh, month ahead. Shukran. From Greater Santon to the rest of the world, this is the Santon Times Hour. Our conversation around Qatar continues for this hour, and I'm thrilled to be connecting uh, with a lady who's sitting in Qatar at the moment. Her name's Hilary Bainbridge. She's the founder and managing editor of Marhaba. And uh, Hilary, thank you so much for making the time to chat to us during a very, very busy period in Qatar. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, every, every, everybody's busy, busy, busy. Yeah, everybody's quite busy. Well, Hilary, um, just give us a quick background on Marhaba. It is a premier information guide for Qatar. Have I got that right? Yeah. But I started Marhaba 1994. We're basically an information guide that provides an overview of Qatar. And of course, then we have a big digital side now because lots of people want information digitally so we have a website we have tiktok we have instagram we have our e-guides are all digital so if anybody wants to find out anything about qatar they can go on our website and then from the website they can go to our e-guides Fantastic. Well, we'll put all the information up on our website as well, so we can sort of connect uh, in the virtual space. But Hilary, tell us right now, what, what is the atmosphere like on the ground? What, what, what are people feeling? I mean, there must be some in, immense anticipation as to what is coming. Oh, yes. The atmosphere at the moment is is a little bit tense, as you can imagine, mixed with excitement, anticipation. There's lots of last minute things going on. Everybody's putting finishing touches to to their particular events. There's some mega, mega shows coming and the, the stages and everything for that are being finished. Uh, the Corniche is closed at the moment. We have a fabulous Corniche here and it's closed at the moment. There's, there's just huge amount of infrastructure. Well, not really infrastructure, but things that people can look at and take pictures with. Selfie installations, I suppose you'd call them, really. That is the hallmark of, a, of an event in 2022. There has to be a selfie installation of some sort. So I'm glad oh, to hear that you're well equipped. Oh, there's hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of them. Yeah. And I mean, the whole of the, the downtown is Insta-worthy, believe me. This is going to be a, a World Cup 
I believe, like no other. We've had so long a build up to this and it's not been easy. You know, I mean, we've had here in Qatar, we had two years of a blockade. We had two years of um, the pandemic. So some things were a little delayed. But yeah, it's come together. I mean, it must be quite daunting. I mean, if we look at the population of Qatar, just under 3 million in total population, uh, to think that uh, pretty much the entire world is descending on this very small state in a very small space uh, must be quite uh, must be quite overwhelming. Everything's sort of ready, but we've never had that many people here at one time before. So you, you sort of stand back from that and you think, oh my goodness, you know, there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of people come in but it but it's it's reasonably well well it is well organized there's going to be a few things that don't go quite according to plan but I mean that happens at every great big event and for us as residents we've had a lot a lot of information about what we should do what we shouldn't do what roads are closed everybody's done their best I think You've put together a bit of a guide. You've got uh, some f- a FIFA events calendar that's uh, that's coming together. What are some of the big side shows that are going to be happening around uh, around the football that people can look forward to? Oh, there's absolutely mega events. The the big fan zone is obviously down on the Corniche, which is the FIFA fan zone. But there's all sorts of other things going on as well. That that are, there's Arcadia. There's things happening, there's shows happening at uh, Doha Golf Club. The Black Eyed Peas are coming. Robbie Williams is coming. There's some fantastic DJs coming. I think there's something going on for everybody, actually. The museums, they're putting on all sorts of exhibitions. It's really amazing. I I think for people to come here and experience the World Cup here, I think it's going to be like no other. Absolutely. Where do you see people normally congregating to watch these kind of big sports events? Is it something that people do? Do they go to each other's houses? Is it very much like we would see uh, in places like South Africa where people go to each other's houses to watch the football? Or do people congregate at restaurants, at public uh, sort of eating and drinking places where they, they watch the soccer together? Well, the hotels, a lot of the hotels have got sports bars. And they're all geared up for it. There's big screens everywhere. There's big. I think a lot of residents will um, will go outside and and go to some of these events. A lot of people here have got the the tickets, you know. And then a lot of people will will stay at home with families. I think it's just there are so many different places to go to watch the football, and I think it's it's everybody's going to be watching it aren't they and they're going to be keen also if they, if they haven't gone to the events some of these events will be um on on either youtube or on tvs i don't know where the screenings for some of the concerts will be but i'm sure that that's already organized have you already seen uh, some international uh, fans arriving in Qatar? I mean, uh, obviously, there's a huge expat community already, which so you're probably familiar with foreign accents. But people who are coming specifically for the World Cup, have you seen some of those starting to dribble in? I personally haven't yet, but I did go to an event the other day. The first of the team's delegations arrived, the Japanese. They came in a few days ago. Um, so we, we've got a list of 
where the teams are staying. Everybody knows where the teams are staying and which hotels. So, yeah, I mean, but we're a bit early, I think. Hilary, before we wrap things up, uh, one of the big songs of the World Cup this year is a song called, and I need to get the pronunciation right, is it Arabo? Yes, 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 yes. And I believe you um, you played an extra in the music video. Tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, I did. Yes, that was. Um, it was. It, it's a super super song actually. But there there are several FIFA songs this year. But I got a phone call and was asked to be an extra sitting on the bus. I think the idea was they wanted some older people and I'm definitely one of those to sit on this bus amidst all these young things dancing and singing and what have you and it ended up with four of us older people sitting on the bus but we we couldn't sit still and we couldn't keep quiet and we ended up singing and sort of shouting and waving like everybody else it was amazing it was amazing to be part of it made me feel a bit part of it all really well, there you have it. Uh, Hilary Bainbridge, she's the founder and uh, managing editor of uh, Mahaba. It's Qatar's premier information guide. Also, music video sensation and actress now as well. And I thank her for making the time to be part of this interview all the way from Doha. And talking about that song, let's take a quick break and have a listen. And we'll be right back after this. Connect with the Santon Times. Email editor at santantimes.co.za. You're listening to the Santon Times on Mix 93.8 FM and also available on podcasts all around the world. Uh, and as we uh, almost bring this hour to a close, uh, that was Ozuna, Gims and Red One with Arbo, which is from the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 official soundtrack. You're going to be hearing that song a lot. And if it hasn't caught your ear yet, let me tell you, listen to it another two or three times and it, you'll be hooked. <laughs> it'll be stuck in your head and it'll probably be uh, one of those songs you'll be hearing a lot over the next month. My... Final interview for this hour, and I'm so excited to have her join me all the way from Qatar. Uh, she's an expert on Qatar's culinary heritage. She's Chef Noor Al-Mazrui, and uh, I'm so happy to have her on the line. And Chef, thank you so much for making the time. How are you feeling ahead of uh, the kickoff to one of the biggest sporting events in the world? Actually, we are all in Qatar super, super excited. Uh, we can see Qatar every day, something new. We are, as a Qatari, cannot keep up what's happening. And everything, every day is a new hotel, a new fan zone, a new restaurant. So it's being amazingly crazy. <laughs> how, how have you been in world, involved in the World Cup? What have you been pulled into? What are you involved with uh, from, a, from a culinary perspective? Uh, I'm working on lots of uh, menus for uh, restaurant, uh, resort, um, hotels. We're working on the Qatari menu and I'm trying to work on the Qatari cuisine, but uh, providing them in a healthy way and uh, provide option to provide the Qatari food, uh, vegan, gluten-free, vegetarian option of our main dishes. So I'd like um, to keep everyone coming to the World Cup, if either they are vegan, either they are gluten-free, vegetarian, they can try the real experience of our Qatari dishes. Chef, give us a, a bit of a sense of what is a typical Qatari dish. If I've never eaten in Qatar, what would be sort of typical dishes that you would be serving people? It will be Qatari machbous. Uh, it is uh, like a rice with the meat. Uh, it cooks with lots of spices, uh, turmeric, um, uh, car uh, cardamom, coriander, parsley, 
uh, it's full of a flavor actually so it is like the national dish of qatar and when you talk about meat i know that uh, especially uh, given your history yeah. in qatar it used to be a lot of mutton uh, a lot of lamb has that expanded as well now are you starting to go into other meats as well actually we had lots of chicken lots of fish uh, in qatar we use fish a lot because we have the nice sea and nice kind of fish as well so it's one of the main things in qatar as well What would people typically be eating when they watch uh, sports in Qatar? I mean, I know in, in South Africa, people will be eating uh, chips. We will generally have a barbecue or what we call a braai outside where people will be preparing meats and salads and they'll be getting around the TV. What, what would people be typically eating in, uh, in your part of the world? Uh, actually, because it will be, you know, all these vibes of uh, the winter and uh, gathering. So I think it will be barbecue. It will be as well popcorn. We are now having lots of uh, Arabic, uh, we are having lots of uh, catering of uh, speciality coffee cart. So you see, if we are gathering, we will order one uh, cart, which will have uh, speciality coffee. It is like more, it's very common now. I had a card from my cafe, we provide it for a home service. So it's one of the things that's happening now a lot these days. I know spices also play a, a big part in the Middle East. I mean, there's an unbelievable amount of uh, souk, souks that uh, offer spices. And I know you also took David Beckham around and showed him around yeah. uh, at one of the spice souks. What was that like? It was an amazing tour. Actually, David, he enjoyed uh, cooking. He, he told me that, I w- uh, he told me that uh, he likes to cook and he, we explored together the Qatari spices. And we cook a Mexican Qatari dish with Chef Aquiles as well and David Beckham. Now tell me you're also a, an activist for uh, disability you've been very much involved in disabled rights uh, before your chef career does yeah. any of that play a role now during the world cup i mean have you been involved in any of those things in terms of uh, disabled uh, access to venues etc sure uh, because my uh, my study is a special education and uh, a master degree in special education for mild to moderate disability and my daughter is a wheelchair user Uh, so now we are filming now we're going to film her to her journey using the uh, rail the train with the accessible so anything that shows the accessibility we are usually me and my daughter part of it in Qatar because we are a user the real users chef uh, nur al mazroui i thank you so much for making the time during a very busy period and uh, i wish you all the best for the month ahead and thank you so much for joining us on the santan times hour we we'll wait to see you in uh, qatar very soon <laughs> Only if you cook me a dish. Of course, this is a guarantee. <laughs> well, that's Chef Noor Al Mazrai, an expert on Qatar's culinary heritage and shukran. Thank you for joining us on the Santan Times Hour. And this has been a special edition of the Santan Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM and is always available as a podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast when you get a chance. And uh, we've been looking at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar kicking off on November 20 and as a side note it's also the final F1 for the year taking place in Abu Dhabi and if you're well healed you could probably watch that F1 get on a plane and then fly to Qatar and watch the opening game what a sunday 
It's certainly going to be one of the most fascinating World Cups of our time, on and off the field in so many ways. If you want to get in touch, you can email edit at santantimes.ca.today. You can connect on social media at santantimes. And please do visit the website www.santantimes.co.za. Feel free to send through your questions, comments, and feedback as always. And thank you to all our guests, both in South Africa and across the oceans, for being part of this week's uh, edition. And Vincenzo, sorry about Italy, but uh, maybe you can support the Germans. Maybe? Think about it. Uh, and thank you to the Santa Times team, as well as everyone at Mix 93.8 FM. Shukran for listening. And let's connect again next week. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Santon Times Hour. And if you enjoyed it, be sure to share it. 